0: The Janice Daniels Show. Janice Daniels
1: Show. Repeat after me America is a republic, and there's nothing democratic about the Democrat Party. Let's get our words right, people. She's tough. What part of Shall Not Infringe don't you legislators understand? Read the Constitution, read the Bill of Rights, read the stupid so called laws that you guys sign your names to. Your focus is shameful. She's smart. And besides, what have you legislators done that gives you power over us? Trick the people into electing you? Swearing an oath that you don't seem to understand or follow?
0: She's tenacious.
1: I say bring the Electoral College to the county level for all national elections, so Michigan isn't governed by sanctuary jurisdictions like Wayne and Washtenaw counties. She's sassy. Michigan has a big problem. We have too many people who exhibit seditious behavior in elected office, and that needs to change. I'm hoping against hope we can change the change. Let's talk about some of this stuff on the Janice Daniels Show. This could be fun.
0: And now, your host, Janice Daniels.
1: And now, just when I was finally getting the hang of it, my year is up. Yes, the good and the bad of it is that this is the final episode of the Janice Daniels Show. I had a year-long contract. The year is completed. And now I have to kind of shift my focus to other aspects of this wonderful thing that we call life. I think that we're living in the most exciting, pivotal times that we could possibly live in. I know that a lot of us are doing all that we can to restore our American republic, and that's been, quite frankly, the focus of much of the content that I've brought to the airwaves this past year. It makes me sad. In some ways to be taking the show off the air, but I'm very pleased to tell you that the great Ed Bondarenka is bringing his show, Your American Heritage, to the 1 p.m. time slot on Wham Radio. And that makes me happy, not only because the show is being replaced by a tried and true broadcaster, experienced in every way, but he has a wonderful show platform. But also, I don't have to get up quite so early to listen to Ed Bondarinka's show. Now, I do want to open the phone lines up to give this audience an opportunity to call in and say things like, fare thee well, because we don't want to say goodbye. It's never goodbye. It's fare thee well. Or uh, you could say, don't let the door hit me in the ass when I leave the room. Or uh, whatever's on your heart that you'd like to share with me in the the Wham Radio listening audience. But first, and that's a broadcasting technique that I learned, but first, I've asked Ed Bondarinka, host of American Heritage, to join us this afternoon on this final episode of the Janice Daniels Show. Now, if you haven't enjoyed Ed's show yet, because it was airing at eight o'clock in the morning on Saturday and you weren't getting up quite that early, he's been on the air for the past couple months, a very good show. And I want to welcome Ed to the Janice Daniels Show. Ed, how are you today?
2: Hey good good afternoon Janice. I was going to say good morning in honor of how you used to say good morning when you first started but good afternoon. I I've, I've, I've got to tell you I am not pleased at all to be taking your time slot. You know when um, your I'm sorry when uh, the drift went off the air, you know, and you took the slot. I thought that's good. That's we've got a good you know good person in here taking this slot. And your show, well you and I don't always agree about details but your show has been a really, really good show. And like I said on my show this morning, last week's Janice Daniels show was the show I wish I had done. You had the guest I wish I had had with the discussion. It was, it was perfect. And, and I would have liked to have had more of those shows. You've, you've done a fantastic job. And I can see you being a resource for your American heritage going forward. So this is not goodbye.
1: No, it's not. It's fairly well. And I appreciate all those kind remarks. I I put my heart and soul into this show. I really, really believe that we are on a mission to restore our American Republic and, and each of us is doing as much as we can to do so. But I also have to tell you, I really like your show. And in fact, back A year ago, when I was replacing The Drift, I felt exactly the same way. I I felt uncomfortable about replacing a very good show, and I didn't know that my show would be good or bad or what. But um, now I am pleased, as you were back then, I'm pleased to know that my show is being replaced with a very good show, Your American Heritage. I like your write-up that you have on whamradio.com. Uh, it says that your show's mission is to examine current events in the light of our past, our founding, and biblical principles. And I think that's a spot on mission
2: yes. and and uh, I gotta say it, I was torn. Well, do I move to one o'clock from eight o'clock? I kind of like the idea of having you know, people's attention early in the morning when they're getting up making breakfast, grabbing a cup of coffee. And then after a while, I realized there was a lot of people I didn't have their attention because they weren't up yet. So yeah,
3: <laughs>
2: there's something to be said for a one o'clock time slot, especially when you have people listening on the on the West Coast, and it's not five o'clock in the morning now, so they can listen. But yeah, I, once again, you have done a marvelous job with your show. There's times, like I said, we didn't agree. There's more times than I can count that we did. You've had wonderful guests on. You had a great perspective and once again, if, if you've got something you would like to see get on the air, please call me. And we'll have you on.
1: Well, thank you, Ed. I will, I will take that into consideration because I am going to be looking at a number of different uh, important issues as far as I'm concerned. Uh, first of all, I am, am going to help... Uh, um, Dr. Proctor, create a, a kind of a Zoom presentation on saving the Constitution, and that might be something I'd like to announce on your new show. Sure.
2: Yeah, that'd be interesting. So I also want to thank you I'm for your you service
1: to the country. Sorry, I go see ahead. on your website you're a, you were a sergeant in the U.S. Air Force, and that's very important because that gives a good perspective uh, to the uh, state of the world, if you will.
2: Well, the world's changed a lot since the last time I went around it in the service. Uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a, certainly a different world. I don't know if you called my show this morning, but speaking of a different world, I played the closing clip from uh, Planet of the Apes where Charles Neston discovers this weird place he's been has, really was Earth, and we screwed it up.
4: No we need to that restore true. that.
1: Yeah, I- I did hear that. I thought that was very interesting <laughs> indeed. Well, um, Ed, I again, I really appreciate the fact that you're going to be taking over for my show. Uh, I do want to bring up a couple of issues. I do want to talk about uh, Amy Coney Barrett. I know you said that you didn't want to talk about her because everybody else is, but I'm going to talk about her in a little bit different way, as I usually try to do. So uh, please listen in, and I will Hello. call into your show. Can I have
4: a
2: pre-call? Can I have a pre-call? I'm curious about, somebody sent me, after I mentioned that this morning, somebody sent me, Linda, Linda Keene sent me a an email that I haven't had time to get to yet, but the premise is that she was supportive of the lockdowns in the circuit that she was in, and that kind of concerns me. I haven't been able to get to the email to read it yet. Have you heard anything along those lines?
1: No, I haven't. I was actually focusing on her historical writings and opinions because I wanted to see what kind of a context she was going to bring to the Supreme Court. Uh, That would be interesting. But again, at one point, I think we all felt that there was a need for something to be done.
2: All right. Well, you have a great show, the rest of your show and a great day, and I'll be listening. Talk to you later.
1: Thank you so much, Ed. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. God bless you and keep you safe. Now, if you'd like to join the conversation, I'm speaking to my wider audience. If you'd like to join the conversation on this final episode of the Janice Daniels Show, the number to call in is 734-822-1600. That's 734-822-1600. You know, Ed spoke about uh, disagreeing with me on some issues and I was tempted to ask him what issues he disagreed with me on. And I actually haven't had enough challenges on my shows to my opinions. So if you have a challenge to my opinions, today's the day to call in. Hit me with your best shot. Tell me where I've been wrong. Uh, or if you want, just say fare thee well. Again, that number 734 822 2, 2, that Now that, that kind of reminds me that I do want to clarify what I found to be an important issue that was brought up when my friend Dr. Richard Proctor was on air with us a couple weeks ago. Um, I had said something to the effect that the first Supreme Court decision that I could find that referenced our First Amendment right to be unobstructed in our establishment and practices of religion was a case out of Utah. He lives in Utah, so that brought this case to my mind, and that case was regarding a Mormon man who wanted to have multiple wives. Now, that case was called Reynolds versus United States, and it was decided in 1878. On that show a couple weeks ago, I said that Um, If the Supreme Court were to have considered constitutional fidelity in their decision, they would not have offered an opinion at all, in my opinion, other than to say that the case would not be decided by the Supreme Court because it was a states' rights issue, and Dr. Proctor agreed with me. The clarification that I want to make today is that I said something about then the decision um, that they Uh, in my opinion, unconstitutionally made. I said that they determined that Congress could make laws restricting religious freedom if there was a compelling governmental interest. That was not what they decided. Actually, what they stated in the case was that the Free Exercise Clause protected religious beliefs but not religious practices that were contrary to neutrally enforced criminal laws. So these Supreme Court justices at that time decided that these 16 very clear words did not mean exactly what they said. Those 16 words, Congress shall make no law, respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. To me, that was the earliest case that I know of, of judicial activism. And the people of Utah Utah should have been screaming. They should have asked for these justices' impeachment. But I think that the people of Utah at that time in 1878 might have been busy building railroads. And they thought, as we have thought for so long, that our justices, our judges, our legislators, and our executive department functionaries we're acting and are acting in compliance with the oath that they've all taken to protect and defend the United States Constitution against enemies, both foreign and domestic. That is not the case. It was in 1963 that the Supreme Court first found that government compelling interest in a case called Sherbert versus Vernier. And then the original 1993 so called RIFRA, you know how they like acronyms, RIFRA, that was the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, that stated, and I quote section 3B1, government may substantially burden a person's exercise of religion if it furthers a compelling governmental interest. Now, that is absolutely unconstitutional, and it was sponsored by Chucky Schmucky Schumer, thank you, Mark Levin, in the Senate, and in the House by Ted Kennedy. Or maybe it was the other way around. Who knows? House was Chucky Schmucky, Senate was Ted Kennedy. That's, I think, the way it really was. But either way, these two guys could never, as far as I'm concerned, be considered constitutionalists. And it seems now, at this point in time, that maybe their compelling government interest was to destroy our republic. You know, the people were wrong in 1878 not to push the issue, and we've been wrong in the 20th and the 21st centuries not to push our Issues, God Help Us Save Our American Republic, because it will take divine intervention. We have Bob from Warren on the phone. Good afternoon, Bob. How are you today?
3: Good. Good, Janice. How about yourself? You are the honey-baked ham?
1: Uh, I am not the honey-baked ham. <laughs> I am the um, honey-beige oh, woman I still, of color.
3: I still <laughs> can't get that right. I'm sorry i was sorry to hear that this is your last program, and um, it's going to be a, <laughs> it's going to be quite a loss, and because uh, I've, uh, you really held my educational level over the last year.
1: And, uh, well, thank appreciate- you so much, Bob. I appreciate your call and your um, kind words. Uh, it it is. It is kind of sad uh, in a way because I really, this is this is my heart. And, you know, as I say, I don't get a lot of people challenging me. I wish somebody would challenge my opinions so that I could understand, maybe even develop my thought process a little bit more. You, is there anything you that you can it. challenge me on?
3: Now you say it. I didn't realize that.
1: <laughs>
3: okay. I, I, my, other, my other thought was I think maybe you're, this is your last because... You're going to be named 5 o'clock on the list of candidates by the president for the uh, Supreme Court. Could that be it, Janice?
1: No, no, that is not it. I, I called and I asked if I could be put on the list, and he said no. <laughs> <laughs> that. Thank you so much for calling, Bob. Hey, well, I appreciate you also, hearing from you. Also you.
3: Forget, you, didn't, you didn't mention Ted Chepaquiddick Kennedy. You left his nickname out.
1: You know, I should have said that. I was trying to think of a polite way to call him a potential or an alleged murderer. Yeah, I, I, that would have been good. Ted Chappaquiddick great- Kennedy. I'll remember that for my next show. Oh, wait a minute. I don't have a next show.
3: <laughs> one of the great swimming coaches of all time. That's
1: right. What's that, huh?
3: He's one of the great swimming coaches of all times.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was that. Oh, he was a lot of things, wasn't he? Yeah, um, he and- was. <laughs> we'll just okay. leave it at that. We'll Thank you again so much for calling. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can dial 1-734-822-1600. That's 734-822-1600. Say fare thee well. Say get out of Dodge. Say I'm glad it's over. Whatever you want to say to me. Um, I do want to take a look at this uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett Kind of outside of the, all the blather that's going on about the fact that she's a Catholic. In fact, that, that, that guy with the big log in his own eye named Bill Maher, he said she's a speaking in tongues Catholic. Nasty people, nasty people, these globalists are. They really are. Um, but once you get past all that, all that. Fluff, those websites that want to focus on the fact that she seems to be a devout Catholic. She really is impressive. She really is. She has a great deal of written opinions on a lot of matters of importance. And um, I looked at some of her articles. Now, the first one that I found that she co-wrote in 1998 was called Catholic Judges in Capital Cases, where she makes uh, some very interesting observations uh, such as if Catholic judges would have to recuse themselves, say, from a case concerning the death penalty, simply by virtue of being Catholic, wouldn't that requirement be extended to legislators? And then how is it reconciled with the Article VI constitutional guarantee that no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification for any office? And, I mean, at least that it was my impression after I briefly scanned the article. Everything she writes is a million words long, not exactly a million, but um, a really long articles. She she expresses her opinion with long, long articles. Now, I do have some concerns about about the Catholic Church, but it's not that a religious justice would adjudicate too conservatively or too godly by any stretch. I actually I, I thank God that that there's still men and women in high places who love God and who value morality and the laws of nature and of nature's God. My concern stems from the Protestant Reformation of the 16th century and their focus on liberty versus the Catholic Counter-Reformation and therefore focus on authoritarianism. Now, I really don't want to get into that argument on my last show. Well, I have uh, Tom from Detroit on the line. Good afternoon, Tom.
4: Hi, uh, yeah, you're talking about challenges to your thinking or whatever, and uh, probably timely, you know, with the, uh, you know, all the talk about the Catholic uh, Supreme Court justice, and you know, the, it's really with the Democrats, it's all about they, you know, they want pro-choice unlimited, and uh, you know, it, and you have on the other side, they have what they call pro-life, but you know. It's really a four-headed beast. It's uh, it should be um, okay. Pro-choice, pro-life, anti-choice, and pro-death would be the four heads. But uh, you know, it's always uh, reduced to the lowest common denominator. Um, And you know, with the uh, you know the the rabid uh, you know pro-pro-deathers on on the uh, lefties. And and then we had the you know the rabid uh, pro-lifers on the, on the right, uh, you know, with their rhetoric, you know, each calling each other, you know, one side calling uh, the other side murderer, and the other side, uh, you know, uh, just saying, you know, we, you know, we want to make our own choices, you know. So, I mean, it's it's just you know, to me, it's like, you know, I. I, I i think you know like most people, I don't think like abortion uh in the first trimester is murder at all, but you know the the um, the anti choicers are gonna disagree with that because you know they you know they they say it's in the Bible, I haven't been able to actually find it in there, but um you know so i you know personally, I don't even like to talk about it, it gives me a headache but I figure you know when god God put the uh, tree of the knowledge of good and evil you know that's caused all the death in the whole world throughout history, he put it right in the midst of the garden so people could have their free choice of what they wanted to do, and it ended up to you know all, you can see all the horrible things that happen all over the world all the time and uh so you know my thinking is, is uh you know as Mark Scott used to say is you know I mean if we should you know people should have their right to choose. Because that's, you know, if you're going by the Bible, that's what it says in the Bible. It's all about free will. Um, so, well,
1: I appreciate uh, your opinion you know, but
4: th- going back to the Supreme Court justice, yeah, that's, I think that's why, you know, the uh, the lefties, that's that's one of their uh, their big, their base is uh, is simply uh, uh, pro-choice, you know, at the most extreme level where they can get as many. Votes as they can because they, you know, I, I think a lot of people that vote Democratic don't don't really pay attention to what's going on. They don't have a lot of uh, intellectual ammunition, um, but you know, thanks for letting me uh, have my say.
1: Well, thank you for calling, Tom. I appreciate all your opinions. I disagree with you, and so I um, would like to say that the words that that we use are very important. Abortion, that's. Um, that's our word. What God hates, and it is in the Bible, is the spilling of innocent blood. He talks about that. I believe it's in Leviticus. I don't have my Bible open right now, but um, there is a definite, definite uh, abhorrence to spilling innocent blood. And you cannot remove a baby from a woman's womb without spilling innocent blood blood how we got to the point where we actually have people who will look you in the eye and say well that's not a baby I don't know I don't understand I used to listen to Mark Scott that was one of the issues that I disagreed with him about and so be it we all have our right to our own opinion you're absolutely right free choice but each of us is going to meet our maker and I don't want to have to be guilty of having promoted or endorsed or even agreeing with the spilling of innocent blood. My choice is life. If in fact you got to use the word cho- you have to use the word choice. My choice is life. Now, should we be more responsible in our actions in terms of when we get pregnant? Of course we should. That should be the focus of a woman's choice don't get pregnant before you're married. And that's easier said than done sometimes, and that's another issue that I don't really want to get into because, again, there's too much controversy on that, and, and I'm not here to moralize over anybody. All I'm telling you, Tom from Detroit and the rest of the audience, is that I think that the spilling of innocent blood is clearly an abhorrence to God. In fact, might be the worst thing that we could possibly do and that's why I have said in the past that if America continues to abort its unborn children, how can we ever expect God to forgive us? I really don't understand. So, But I want to talk a little bit again about Amy Coney Barrett and the uh, opinions that she has written in her um, lifetime of, of review of cases. I think she's very thoughtful I, I, again, I haven't read any of her entire articles because they're all very long. I haven't read any of her entire decisions or opinions because they're all very long. But but what I can pick and choose out of these documents, I find, again, that I like her thought process. Um, there was an um, article that she wrote regarding a... Um, well, actually, this is an opinion. This is an opinion that she co-wrote uh, back in maybe 19, uh, 2009, two thousand nine, uh, and it had to do with a case that was brought before the appellate court that she was on. There were three judges that were reviewing this case. And it's about a man who was convicted and sentenced to a long-term imprisonment and she gave reasons why he this sentencing was correct. Now, um, in my humble opinion, I haven't said anything about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, I think that actually she should have been unceremoniously oh, unceremoniously thrown off the court for bad behavior. Of course, she's the latest saint to be lionized by the globalists. But we want to get into the future. Justice of the Supreme Court, Amy. Coney Barrett.
0: The Janice Daniels Show. Janice Daniels Show. On Wham Talk 1600 and 92.7 FM.
1: There's so much to talk about, and now for sure there's so little time. This is the final episode of the Janice Daniels Show. If you'd like to call in and say, fare thee well or get the heck out of here or I hated your show or I loved your show, whatever you'd like to say to me, this is your final chance to do so. Phone number 734-822-1600. That's 734-822-1600. We've got Elaine from Ann Arbor on the line. Hello, Elaine.
5: Hi, Janice. Thank you to Wham and to Theron and to you. Uh, for this excellent, most excellent show. It's a, been a show of rare quality scene today. I would liken it to the Dennis Prager uh, uh, show because you, it is very clear. You always came so prepared, and you enlightened us on things we would never be able to think about, even on our own, because we, it, it takes time to prepare and you opened things up. And the only way we'd be able to challenge you if we had a an assignment a week or two in advance. <laughs>
1: because we'd
5: have to do our homework so that we could even understand... Well, do the homework to understand where we're at in the world. And uh, you open things up to us so we could go study and uh, think about the things that you brought to us. And I'm going to be so sorry to hear you leaving. But I know... You are bringing the world continually good things. And uh, I just uh, will miss this hour, but I know Wham has been very good and uh, appreciate all they've done and all you've done. So thank you for being prepared, which is very rare today.
1: Thank you so much, Elaine. I appreciate that you can since that i do prepare i care very deeply about the issues that i bring to the table Uh, i don't want to just like fly off with comments about articles or or issues i i wanted to be able to expand on every single issue that i brought to the table and hopefully it'll help people start to to start to do that with the issues that are before them i mean i'm 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 so concerned about the fact that all we have to do is have a glossy summary on some really stupid bill and everybody says sign it sign it sign that bill not even bothering to read it you um, have so-
5: shown respect for your audience, and for your country by looking deeply and showing us, again, to not be so frivolous with how we're living, and um, I'm just so grateful. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for calling, Elaine, and thank you so much for your heartfelt comments. I, I really appreciate the callers that I've talked to. I uh, appreciate just the opportunity that I've been given. I want to go back to this case that uh, Amy Coney Barrett Um, adjudicated at the appellate court level. Again, it was a man named Wendell Johnson. He was convicted in 2009, and he was sentenced to 300 months' imprisonment. Now, um, he took the court to the appellate level, and um, in the appeal, his lawyers contended, or no, he contended that his lawyer furnished ineffective assistance at sentencing by failing to contest the pre-sentence report conclusion that Johnson had been diagnosed with anti-so- antisocial personality disorder. Now, they were trying to justify his, his behavior because of his bad upbringing, that he was actually affected with post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of his, his, his father's violent treatment of him and that it was a treatable condition and that he should not have to suffer such a long penalty. Um, the appellate court, including Judge Barrett, said that his condition was not a short-term affliction, nor was his criminal record the work of a few months or or years even. He had a chronic condition, no matter what they called it, and he engaged in lifelong criminality citing the fact that he had committed burglary, burglary at the age of 11, and his current conviction was for selling cocaine at the age of 34, and they pointed out that he had many crimes in between involving what they called a shocking and disturbing level of violence. Um, and it didn't matter that um, they didn't talk about the kind of treatment that he might have had it wouldn't have produced a lower risk of his continuing life of violent crime. So they refused to hold a hearing about it. Now, I I thought that that was very logical. In fact, the the posting was at the University of uh, Notre Dame Law School, and it concluded that the three-judge panel, including Judge Barrett, reviewed and decided seemingly in accordance with logic and constitutional fidelity. I like that. I also want to add that they didn't conclude with emotional interference. It it seems like we have this preconceived notion lately in this country that the criminal deserves leniency without regard to the victim's potential lifelong catastrophic sometimes consequences as the result of having been adversely affected by the crimes committed against them. Now, in my opinion, Judge Barrett in this case seemed to side with the victim, and I say it's about time. It's about time. There was another case that I thought was important. It was decided on March 15, 2019. That was just last year, and it was called Cantor versus Barr. It was a man named Ricky Cantor. He pleaded guilty to one count of mail fraud under a certain USC code, section 1341, code 18, section 1341, and that is a felony. Mail fraud is a felony. But due to this felony conviction, he was prohibited from possessing a firearm, both at the federal and the Wisconsin law level. Now, the felony that he was charged with was that he owned a company that sold therapeutic shoe inserts, that were paid for by Medicare and the inserts were considered to be too thin to comply with some Medicare thickness requirement that the bureaucracy set. And and Mr. Cantor continued to sell these too thin inserts and he continued to get paid by Medicare to the tune of about $375,000 for these shoe inserts that were noncompliant. Now, the appellate court actually agreed with the decision to deny Cantor a firearm because they said, and I quote, the government has met its burden of establishing that the felon disposition statutes are substantially restated to an important government interest, substantially related to an important government interest. There we have again that important government interest. Um, And so again, the appellate court affirmed the district court's decision, but Judge Barrett dissented. Her dissenting opinion was about 11,374 words long, so I didn't read the entire thing. But, but but she begins her dissent by saying, and I quote, History is consistent with common sense. It demonstrates that legislatures have the power to prohibit dangerous people from possessing guns, but that power extends only to people who are dangerous. Founding era founding founding era legislatures did not strip felons of the right to bear arms simply because of their status as felons, nor have the parties introduced any evidence that founding era legislatures imposed virtue-based restrictions on the right. Such restrictions applied to civic rights, like voting and jury service, not to individual rights like the right to possess a gun. In 1791, and for well more than a century afterward, legislatures disqualified categories of people from the right to bear arms only when they judged that doing so was necessary to protect the public safety. And she went on to say, 18 U.S.C. Section 922 and Wisconsin Statue This or That would stand on solid footing if their categorical bans were tailored to serve the government's undeniably compelling interest in protecting the pub- public from gun violence. But their Dispossession of all felons, both violent and nonviolent, is unconstitutional as applied to Cantor who was convicted of mail fraud. So again, I, I didn't go through the entire case, but I'll tell you I her logic and the and the tendency for her to apply constitutional standards to her decision decision making makes me think that we might finally, finally, finally have a justice on the Supreme Court who truly understands the role of interpreting the constitutionality of cases brought before them. Uh, Instead of this proclivity that our justices seem to have of making law based upon their own personal emotional feelings. Now, I like that. So I, I actually think that President Trump is making a good choice if, if indeed he does um, finally confirm and it's supposed to come out at 5 o'clock this afternoon. I guess unofficially it's set, but we haven't heard the official word. So we'll wait until 5 o'clock because you just never know what President Trump is going to do. And I say that with fondness in my heart. Quite frankly, I think that he's quite an amazing man. Uh, we have Tom from Northville on the line. Tom, welcome to the Janice Daniels Show.
6: Hi Janice. I, I wanted to call and I, I was really bummed out when I started listening to your show today because I didn't know this was your last show. Now you and I have met a couple of times on when you've come into the station after Dick Kupke's trigger talk show.
1: Yeah, I know who you are.
6: Yeah, I yeah, I was the guy who does the ballistic testing. Yes. And in in fact, I did a we did one today earlier, and uh, it, it and that's when I started listening to your show, and you know it. It uh, I got to say, I don't disagree with anything you've ever said on oh. your program.
1: Oh, give me your number. I'll call you back after the show. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, thank you.
6: Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can't disagree with anything, and I'm sorry to see you go. Um, you know, I, I'll look forward to listening to Ed. I've met Ed and talked with him, but uh, your, your show really hit the nail on the head.
1: Thank you. I appreciate your comments very much, uh, as I have said. All along, I really do try to bring substance to the issues that I talk about because I think that it's so important that we, in this generation, we restore our American republic because we sure can't expect the millennials to do so unless there's a lot of millennials that are constitutionally educated themselves that I don't know about. (laughs) We've got to do something about this, Tom. We really, really do, and I thank you so much for your kind words.
6: Well, I'm going to miss you.
1: Thank you. Well, I'm not going to go away. Like I said, it's fairly well. It's never goodbye. I'll be around. Thank you so much. All right. I have Phil from Detroit on the line. Good afternoon, Phil. Welcome to the Janice Daniels Show.
0: Your Honor, the outgoing Mayor Janice.
1: Well, thank you. Yes, indeed. I'm outgoing once again. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> this time by by cho- by election by choice
1: <laughs> true true <Yeah>. yes.
0: <laughs> it, it's always better that way isn't it
1: well but, uh, it is indeed but you know i i really learned so much of 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 what i know or what i perceive or you know the way i look at things from that year of pain i mean literal true honest-to-goodness pain because I thought that it was going to be a wonderful experience for me to sit at the legislative table, or actually, yeah, the legislative table, if you will, mayor, what the heck, uh, and, and be able to bring my constitutional, Christian, pro-private uh, sector outlook to the government that was already so badly misshapen but um that was not to be it it, it turned out quickly to uh, be uh, almost like a nightmare my own fault for well,
0: yeah you you, that. Gain, you gain that uh, insight into how the sausage is made
1: that's exactly right, and and it was an ugly process, quite frankly. But oh yeah. I, I think that's that's oftentimes where I have my opinions, uh, or if you know, if sometimes it seems like uh like I'm a little harsh, like that introduction of mine. I really like it, but when I say to look at the so-called legislation that you guys sign your names to, your focus is shameful. <laughs> I almost every time I hear that, I I, I get a little bit of um of feeling like well, I'm being a little harsh, but you know what? They deserve it. They deserve it.
0: Well, no, they won't get what they deserve until they get on the other side of life, okay? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's the
0: only that's the only time justice really happens. It's not gonna happen on this planet.
1: <laughs> you know what? Well said, well said and 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 God says let vengeance be his and indeed we will and yeah. so until we See that other side ourselves and face our God ourselves. We have to do everything we can to try to um, love each other, love God, and uh, not spill innocent blood. I think that's so important. I think that's right up there. Love each other, love God first. I'm sorry? You
0: know, and and all started our associations uh, over all these years, all started with uh, Pastor Yule. And that was his main number number one uh, cause and everything he did was pro-life, save the babies.
1: Absolutely. And I am so thankful that I got to know Pastor Yule as well oh, as I all, did. Oh, so are we
0: him. all. What a blessing.
1: <laughs> he was a marvelous man. He is. I'm, I'm sure he's still around. He still uh,
0: is. I, Praise the Lord, I, yeah.
1: I miss him very much. I miss doing that show, my um the second or the, uh, uh fifth Sunday. Yeah, of Yeah, you, you, month. you
0: and, uh, yeah, Gina and Allison, and, uh, yeah, the gang, get on there and do a heck of a job.
1: Yeah, that was a really good show. We might have to, if I ever decide that I just have to get back on the air, might consider doing that show again. I appreciate your call, Phil. Thank you so much. I do. And, have and as far a as all minutes. this
0: crazy appointment stuff goes,
1: I'm sorry. Okay.
0: Some, some, something that occurred to me that I haven't heard anywhere else. Uh, on this uh, Supreme Court appointment? Yeah, what? Okay, uh, they, they tried to pull off a major coup back when uh, they knew Hillary was going to get in, okay? So they're going to have yeah. Hillary, a continuation of the BO presidency, and they bumped, they bumped off Scalia. I think all the D.C. insiders all know they bumped off Scalia, okay? So it was a major coup, the old one-two punch. They were going to have it all.
1: Absolutely. Thank God. Thank God that uh, he intervened. And let's pray that he intervenes in November of 2020 yeah. as well, because I think that the globalists have got a lot of tricks up their sleeve this time. Oh, and
4: yeah.
0: Goodness. They'll stop at nothing. Look at Scalia and Phil Haney and, geez, you know.
1: Yep, They'll yep. Stop they nothing. will stop at nothing. You're absolutely right. Well,
0: and enjoy, enjoy the beautiful weather and uh, your... Uh, <laughs> Time to do your own thing and appreciate all you've done while you're here.
1: Thank you so much, Phil. Thank you for your kind call and your kind comments. Um, I want to spend a little bit of time now. We only have a little bit of time left on the Janice Daniels Show. I want to give my compliments to Florida, Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis for using that dangerous executive order process to do something good, like remove all those stupid 5G coronavirus virus mandates and restrictions that were in place. I'll tell you what, he's my hero right now. In fact, another uh potentially good story is is that that very same Republican Governor Ron DeSantis has proposed like a long overdue suggestion for legislation called Combating Violence, Disorder and Looting and Law Enforcement Protection Act. I want to try to take a look at that particular piece of um Proposed legislation, it's not uh, final, and it's got to, of course, go before the um, the uh, judiciary, but it is such a nice, refreshing thing to see. There's uh, new criminal offenses for combating rioting, looting, and violence, a prohibition on violent or disorderly assemblies, prohibition on obstructing roadways, prohibition on destroying or toppling monuments, prohibition on harassment in public accommodations, increased penalties, mandatory minimum jail sentences, offense uh, enforcements. The only problem that I have, I I don't have a single problem, quite frankly, with this legislation. The only problem I have is that um, it's got to go through the state legislature. So I took a little look, to see uh, what uh, the, the uh, legislation or legislat- legislature's makeup was like there in Florida because, you know, my first reaction is that the uh, lobbyists and the special interest groups and the attorneys and the staffers are all going to take this simple, straightforward verbiage and muck it up. So that anything that they do vote on will be filled with rules and regulations and restrictions and requirements. Now the uh, federal or the uh, Florida judici- uh, the Florida legislature consists of twenty three senators that are Republican, seventeen senators that are Democrat. Florida House has 73 Republicans and 47 Democrats. There's a three vacant seats. Uh, so there's like a 57.50% Republican majority in the Senate, 60.83% majority in the House. Um, so you would hope that they would be able to pass this Republican governor's mandated combating violence and looting. And reestablishing law enforcement, uh, uh, piece of legislation, but I'm not going to hold my breath on that. Right now, we're going to talk to Joe from Wyandotte. Hello, Joe from Wyandotte.
7: Hello, hello. Yeah, I hope I timed this right since I was your first caller to be able to be your last caller and bid you a fond, uh, fare thee well, as you were saying.
1: Thank you so much. Yes, I, it looks like you will be my last caller. We only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, yeah. are, is there anything that you, well, you want to were challenge me on ACB that I mentioned
7: and, during the know, year? I, pardon, I'm sorry.
1: Did you have any issues that you with any of the um, with any of my um, opinions during the year? I don't know that you've listened every time, every Saturday, but um, have yeah. you ever had a disagreement? with no, something really. that yeah, I said you'd- I probably
7: just don't remember. I did have a minor disagreement with your, in your opening show with your opening comments in that you talk about bringing the Electoral College to the county level. We're on kind of the same page, but I think it needs to be done at the congressional district level because that's how votes are normally sent to be cast already. But regarding ACB, I find it hilarious now. That the Democrats who went through this with JFK and somebody needs to play JFK's speech about no religious litmus test now peddling, going to attack Amy Coney Barrett while they're running a fake catholic biden and have a fake catholic as speaker of the house and i hope they attack her because that's going to show the distinction and frankly if mitch mcconnell were smart in my opinion he would hold the vote up or down vote november 3rd at 4 p.m in the afternoon and the reason why is to protect cory gardner in colorado who's potentially losing, Martha McShally, who may lose that seat, protect them a little to not have to do the vote early, maybe even save Susan Collins' seat and free her up to be a yes, since she was a yes for Kavanaugh. It will be too late in the election day for that news to really get out and affect the campaign that way, and hopefully even help us defeat Doug Jones in alabama because he keeps trying to pretend to be a moderate democrat he might want to try to get a yes vote on the record to say see i'm independent to save that seat and chucky schumer would probably let him do that because they're desperate to hold that seat and take others to hopefully get control of the senate which i don't think will happen
1: Thank you so much, Joe. I want to thank the RG group, my financier. I want to thank my listening audience, my callers, and the wonderful guests who shared their valuable insights with me throughout the year, Professor William Wagner, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Ajima, Dr. Proctor, Pastor Shereem Hadeen, To name a few, I want to compliment Wham Radio's own Theron X, Dan Martin, Derek Stone, Brendan Drake, Stephanie the Lovely for their high level of professionalism and pulling together so much content to bring to you, to bring to us this great listening experience 24-7. That's all I'm going to say except spread the word. It's Wham! That's W-A-A-M out of Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I'm Janice Daniels.